0: Why you can stop the Kyler Murray trade proposals, Brian Flores has found a new coaching job despite his ongoing lawsuit against the NFL. And Tom Brady's former coach is shutting down any chance of a comeback for the GOAT. All that and more on today's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Fire it up and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so you've got me, Bo Brock, daily host of the Lockdown Cardinals Podcast, joined by local experts on the biggest stories around the NFL. Thanks for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Great daily content all off-season long on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. Also, make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked on Networks. You can follow me as well, Bob Rock, at Bob Rack. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It has to be covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, first off, I know everyone loves to project the star quarterback trade, but let's just save everybody some time. Kyler Murray isn't going anywhere. Kyler Murray is already the greatest quarterback the Cardinals have ever drafted since moving to the desert in the late 1980s. Way better than Josh Rosen, Matt Leiner, both of those guys busts, both first-rounders. K1 is only behind Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer, Jake Plummer for the most Cardinals major passing stats He just finished his third NFL season. Kyler gets traded. Everyone involved will be fired. General Manager Steve Keim, he pivoted after one season of Josh Rosen, selecting him in the first round, actually trading up to take Rosen out of UCLA, and then pivoted the next draft to select Kyler Murray, number one overall in 2019. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, he was a package deal for Murray. He led the charge, handpicked. The non-traditionally sized quarterback is the number one overall selection. And Kyler, I mean, talented, coming off the Heisman winning campaign at Oklahoma, but by no means a slam dunk top pick in the NFL by any means. I mean, as I said, non-traditional size, under six feet. You know, he had the baseball passed, drafted in the top 10 by the Oakland Athletics. If you look at the 2019 draft class, Nick Bosa was probably the top prospect that year. And what are we talking about? Social posts? That's what's really going to end this, this marriage between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. One bad playoff game? There are some NFL legends out there that had horrible playoff performances in their postseason debut. Josh Allen. Brett Favre threw six interceptions. Peyton Manning and the Colts were blown out. So one game... Doesn't make a career, and I'm sure Kyler Murray embarrassed with how the Arizona Cardinals performed against the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card round. But look, you can certainly bounce back, and the Los Angeles Rams did that to uh, most of the quarterbacks the rest of the way, including Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Bengals a little bit better at moving the ball than the Cardinals, but uh, at the end of the game, and especially in the second half, it looked very similar that it did in that wild card round. But things, I mean, you can argue that they're rockier in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Seattle with Russell Wilson, and they're both currently still on their respective teams. You would have thought that those players would have found their way onto different rosters with everything that was, that was newsworthy and headline-worthy and all the rumors that were surrounding Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, but they spent the last past season on the Seattle Seahawks and Green Bay Packers. The narrative around Kyler Murray is building that he doesn't handle adversity very well and he lacks leadership qualities that you want from your starting quarterback. Those, after covering Kyler Murray for the last three seasons, I think that, yeah, there's truth to that. Absolutely. He's immature. He's going to have to take a step forward in leadership in his maturity, which is crazy to say. He's 24 years old. I mean, I've got a wife right now. I'm in my mid-30s who's waiting for me to mature. We don't know when people are going to turn the corner. As as far as mature, But I think Kyler Murray, at least from what the reports are, what he's posted on social media since his social media purge of the Arizona Cardinals, that he's a little bit remorseful and that he doesn't want to deal with the, quote, nonsense. It also sounds, as far as how they describe Kyler Murray, where he lacks in leadership and how he conducts himself on the sidelines, it's similar to Cam Newton. When we were talking about Cam Newton early in his career, Talented as all quarterbacks can get. Former number one pick. Early success. Dual threat. Electric. But when things didn't go his way, people would point out, you know, he had the towel on his head and on the sidelines, pouted a little bit, was never really close to any of his teammates when they were down. But the Panthers were able to eventually overcome those things. And Newton earned an MVP while leading Carolina to a Super Bowl appearance. Now Cam's body... Deteriorated quickly after that because of the wear and tear of being that dual threat quarterback. But things got better because the Panthers stuck with Newton. Murray, as far as I'm concerned, was creating leverage for a massive extension. Trying to push for it before free agency begins here in the 2022 offseason, which would relatively be unprecedented. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. All those guys got new deals when they had two years left on their rookie contracts. They signed their big money deals, but it was well after free agency. Between June and September for all those guys. So save the Kyler for Watson or Russell Wilson mega deals for your Madden franchise mode. And also table the threat of the former MLB top 10 pick going back to the diamond talk as well. Kyler isn't going to go trade a contract that will pay him 40 plus million dollars a season to riding the bus in the minor leagues for a shot at, you know, in a couple seasons playing outfield in the Oakland Coliseum for the Athletics. Brian Flores is back on an NFL coaching staff, and his hiring is a huge get for the Steelers defense and franchise next season and beyond. Steelers a big get with Flores, but you can get yourself another big get in ordering yourself up some Bilt Bars. Yeah, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Not even close. Tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, and you don't have to cut any corners nutrition-wise. Have you tried their Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. Covered in 100% real chocolate, they chased like a candy bar, but with the nutritional elements of a protein bar. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, scroll down the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. High-protein, low cal. High-fiber, low-carb, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of muscle-packing protein. Save yourself some cash. Go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Locked On NFL Podcast and making the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the league every Monday through Friday in less than thirty minutes. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. The big news over the weekend Brian Flores, former Dolphins head coach is now a Pittsburgh Steelers assistant coach. A team tweet yesterday or on Saturday confirmed Flores will be joining the staff. And head coach Mike Tomlin is the senior defensive assistant. Linebackers coach Tomlin is just one of two black coaches in the NFL. Flores currently suing the NFL and the Miami Dolphins for racial discrimination following his sacking last and at the end of the regular season. 24 and 25 as a head coach Brian Flores was. He was uh, obviously in several interviews this offseason for Head Coaching Vacancies. We bring on Chris Carter, Christopher Carter from Locked On Steelers. And Chris, you know, the Steelers continue to lead the charge as far as diversity in the NFL. Did they do that over the weekend and get better?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, You you don't add a a defensive mind to Brian Flores to your room and think that that's a there's a downside to that. Um, I I also think it's really interesting, Bo, you know, for a lot of people that are still alleging like, well, you know, he was maybe he was making things up. I I don't think an NFL owner who's part of the league that he's being that that is being sued by Brian Flores would go and get him. If they had they had any reason to think that there was this was just him stirring up trouble just to stir up trouble. No, Brian Flores is pointing out something that's been a problem in the NFL for a very long time. The Steelers have been one of the forefronts. I mean, they were the first ever organization in the NFL to hire a black coach in Lowell Perry. You know, they of course they have the Rooney Rule. They pushed the you know Bill Nunn is the first ever black contributor to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Why? Because they brought him in as a scout and he pushed them to get HBCU players all throughout the seventies, which built their seventies dynasty. Um, that you know that they still celebrate. So the Steelers, you're right. They have this long-standing history, but to them, this was just a perfect mesh of, you know, they often, they kind of, they stick their nose up at the leagues. A lot of times when the league wants to, you know, pass a rule that they're like, that's not a good idea. We don't agree with that. You know, we we think that that's not for the best part of the players and they will be the ones that'll kind of stand up against it. And then the league will be like, Oh, maybe we should have thought about that. Um, you know, and then and, and here the Steelers are like, that's why we don't just roll with the league all the time. And here they are again, kind of doing that with Brian Flores adding him. But they're not just doing this just about the league or about the situation, it's because you get a chance to, to get a guy who coached under Belichick for a decade, was the safeties coach, special teams coach, linebackers coach, and now you bring him on as a senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach, which means he's going to get a chance to work with Devin Bush, who they want to kind of, you know, rebuild because he had a really good start to his career towards ACL and didn't have a good uh, 20. 21 season they want to see if he can build him and here's the other thing Bo now you're looking at an organization that for the first time in a long time has serious salary cap money available to it Mm -hmm. and can create a whole bunch more uh very very soon with with other moves that they're that they can make now you're looking at teams and you're saying hey do you want to come play for Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores, I think that's a good <laughs> pitching point that you're going to, to see. And a lot of players, they're they're clapping. They're celebrating. Look throughout yeah. Twitter for how they felt about Brian Flores going into the Pittsburgh Steelers, how they felt about that. That might give them some edge on some of these bigger-name
0: players that they're going to be trying to pull in. You think there was some hesitation there just by pure shock that a guy like Brian Flores was available to just join the staff, not as a defensive coordinator, not as a head coach, obviously. I mean, I think the, the thought process Christopher was—he was, was going to get a, either a head coaching gig or he was going to be back in a DC role. But he comes over a lot of Terrell Austin's defensive uh, coaching staff. Um, it, do you think it was just maybe surprise, and then they just picked up the phone and just, hey, we'll we'll throw a hail mary here and uh, and see if he wants to join us in, in this capacity?
1: Well, I, I do think this—I uh, do think that this this was kind of a move where they were like, you know what, this might work. Here's the thing. Bo, I go to Steelers practices. I know people in Steelers beat, um, you know, for locked on Steelers. I talked to Mark Kaboli, who's been a longtime Steelers beat writer. Nobody knew that this was coming. This wasn't something like, oh, there were rumblings, you know, and, and someone just didn't leak the story. Like this was very well kept under wraps. So this tells me that the Steelers, they weren't playing around. They were just trying to, they were trying to do this on their own channels. And if it worked, they would announce it. If not, they, they'd moved on. Uh, but I, I do think that this there was there was a sort of effort there to do this. I also think it's important to point out. Crazy enough, Brian Flores has actually never been a defensive coordinator. He's only he was only in a, a positions coach under Belichick. And then he jumped to being the head coach for the Miami dolphins because he developed a good reputation there. Uh, And I, you know, I think he still has a really good reputation when it comes to coaching results, considering he has, he's been the head coach for the Miami dolphins in the only back-to-back seasons where they've had winning, winning records uh, since 2002. 2003 you know whenever however long it's been so uh, there is like a sense of excitement there and there is a sense of you know that they're they're really they're, they're, they're glad he's on board and they were willing to, to make this move um, but I think the Steelers they try to get guys whenever they can to add them to the room get quality guys the reason he's not defensive coordinator and I also I'd gather that this probably halt slowed up the 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 um the negotiations, but Terrell Austin recently was promoted as the from the team's secondary coach to defensive coordinator. When he was hired to the team in 2019, they kind of said, like, you know, hey, if you do well enough, there's kind of a you know a backroom promise, you'll be the next mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. I don't think they wanted to disrupt it. And I also think they wanted to make sure that he understood. You know, Flores coming in is not to undermine him. It's just adding another skilled defensive coach to the room, which now you got Austin, who brings defensive coordinator experience and has done a really good job developing Minka Fitzpatrick and other players in the Steelers secondary. You got Brian Flores, who has a ton of great experience coaching safeties, coaching corners, coaching linebackers and doing what he did with the Dolphins and all of that coming under Mike Tomlin, one of the most respected coaches in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it has to excite Steeler fans. The fact that he's worked as kind of a collaboration before, and he can just you know create a uh, join another one here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. What, what's his role going to be? And and also, uh, do the Steelers? Do you think they have any kind of issue with him using this as just a, a year stepping stone uh, to to another bigger job in next season? Well, I think it's
1: going to be more so about uh they they went around for two years because here's the other thing um i would say well let, let me address your first question sure first question Linebacker coach and senior defensive assistant. Basically, here's what he's he's going to be doing. He's going to oversee the linebacker groups along with Jerry Osavsky. Now, Jerry Osovsky has been the team's linebacker coach for some time. His wife passed away very tragically during the middle of the season, and that kind of left a hole in the linebacker room. We're not sure how that's going to play out and what what might happen there. Um, but Flores, they want him as it is. It's kind of an advisory role. Like, hey, here's another set of eyes. We want to, We want we want your contributions into the game plan. How we're how we're using these things. You know, it's it's also interesting he's not the team's defensive backs coach because that's where the vacancy that was left open by you know Terrell Austin moving up to defensive coordinator so you know I think it's going to be he's going to help I think a big project that is going to be helping Devin Bush getting him back to where he was you know before his injury because before his injury he was playing every snap for the Steelers and he was being truly effective in the run game helping against the pass but then since his injury he yeah. hasn't been really too effective in either outside of like short bursts in this last season so he's probably gonna help with that a lot and I, I can really see them help him helping shape what this defensive core is going to look like but Bo they don't have a problem with him leaving because you know what here's the thing is that in today's new Rooney rules when teams yeah. get those assistants that go and get big jobs somewhere else that gets you cop picks and the Steelers mm-hmm. are more than happy to get a guy and also this is kind of against the mold of the Steelers when they get these assistants normally they're a little bit older you know they're, they're guys that, that, that don't have you know, head coaching aspirations right in front of them. Maybe guys mm-hmm. that, you know, someday down the line, like Matt Cannon is their offensive coordinator. Maybe someday down the line, you know, if Matt Cannon can turn around the Steelers' offense and make it good, that's that's in his hopes and dreams. But Brian Flores is a very real guy who was just an NFL head coach. You know, he's on par with Todd Haley, but again, Haley, like you said, he was a coordinator. This guy's mm-hmm. a position coach and an assistant, um, you know, a senior assistant, but an assistant nonetheless. They are, they are through the moon with this. They're okay with whatever Flores wants to do as long as he comes to the Steelers and he becomes a contributor and he helps mold what this new Steelers defense is, because I do think they're about to make several major additions, both in the draft and free agency this year.
0: Slam dunk move, it seems like for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it seems like a good move for Flores as well as he kind of figures things out, continues his lawsuit against the NFL. Uh, I have to ask you why I have you. Big Ben retired. You know what, what's the early kind of rumblings as far as what they're going to do at the quarterback position uh, before the new league year even begins? We're about a less than a month away from that now.
1: So I know a lot of fans might out there be thinking like, "Ooh, Brian Flores does that mean Deshaun Watson's going to Pittsburgh?" I <laughs> would, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. I will say this though, I don't think the Steelers are overly committed to reaching for a quarterback. If 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 they, I get the impression they like Malik Willis, they like Kenny Pickett, but they don't love either of them to like kind of sell the future. I think that the Steelers know they need to rebuild their offensive line around Najee Harris. And they know that whatever quarterback they get, they don't wanna, they don't wanna put them in a situation where they're getting them beat up because they don't have pass protection and they don't have a running game. I think the Steelers' primary investment this year is going to be make the defense elite again, get them to be a top five unit like they were in 2020 and 2019 and make sure that they have depth so they can be that. Rebuild the offensive line. Then you worry about quarterback. I truly think that the best move the Steelers are probably going to make this year towards that they might draft a guy in the Third, second, third, fourth round at the quarterback position—not a big name, but you know, you know, maybe you know a Kaylee Zapper, like you know, like, you know, maybe the fifth or sixth round when they get Caleb Ellaby or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the Steelers more so plan is going to be—they're going to bring back Mason Rudolph, they're going to bring back Dwayne Haskins, and then they're going to go sign a veteran like a Teddy Bridgewater, or a Marcus Mariota, someone that's that has experience in the NFL, that is used to you know using their legs a little bit more because they want to have a more mobile quarterback. And then if you draft a rookie on top of that who's not you know guaranteed a spot you go into camp you got four quarterbacks you guys Figure it out, duel it yeah. out, have at it. And I think that's the plan there is to say, hey, we're gonna see what who's best here, whoever can manage this offense the best and just don't make the crucial mistakes, you'll be our guy moving forward. But I I truly see at least for next year, the Steelers are gonna be all about you know making them a, an elite defense again and making them an, an actual solid, dependable ground game with around Najee Harris and uh and a revamped offensive line.
0: It makes Lockdown Steelers a must listen each and every day this offseason. But this week, deep diving, especially on today's episode, Monday's edition, the Brian Flores hire Carter critiques on Twitter. Christopher Carter, you hear him every Friday here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Bo. Did a rift with Bruce Arians push Tom Brady into retirement? It's going to be weird to look at the NFL futures bets in the MVP, and that's see Tom Brady on that list. And for the first time in over two decades, football Look, the season might be over, but you've got those future bets. You've got basketball in full steam, both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores. Podcasts, news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, plus your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's a Monday episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we, you know, Tom Brady, he retired a couple weeks ago. We thought that was it. Then Tom Brady on his podcast, he says, look, never say never as far as the possibility of playing again. But his last head coach, Bruce Arians, he recently said it would be uh, shocking if Tom Brady would at least return this season. To talk about it, David Harrison from Lockdown Bucks. David, uh, look, if Tom Brady is not going to uh, come back in 2022 or ever again, what's going to be the Bucks' approach, the quarterback position this offseason? Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to look behind every door,
2: right? And that's that's the approach they took in the 2019 offseason when they ended up landing Tom Brady. Uh, and bringing him into, into or the 2020 offseason, rather, sorry, uh, when they brought him into the fold, and we're looking to move on basically from Jameis Winston, is let's see who's available, is kick every tire on every car uh, and see what we can come up with. And that's basically the approach that everybody's expecting them to take, uh, whether it's calling the Green Bay Packers to find out if A-Rod is really happy again, or Russell Wilson, see if he wants to leave uh, the Pacific Northwest, or you know Deshaun Watson is, has been a very popular name uh, here in recent weeks as well. They're going to turn over every stone, before they make the decision on who the quarterback will be for the future, fully expecting Tom Brady to stay retired uh, and not do what, you know, Brett Favre was, was so famous for doing at the end of his career.
0: Is it, is it because, I mean, here's a guy that we've been just used, used to watching for two decades plus that yeah. people are maybe having a tough time coping with the idea that he's just completely <laughs> done. Yeah I think you know it's one of those things that I mean
2: myself too I mean he's only been a Buccaneer for two years but when the report or when the announcement was was officially official uh, mm-hmm. after the first one got you know w- retracted or whatever by by him and his dad and everybody else attached to him uh, it was still it's it's almost just kind of hard to believe it's one of those things that you do kind of get the feeling that maybe this is the guy that finally beats father time and and goes out on top and has no you know dip in production and, and ability. I mean you, you remember, everybody remembers watching the way the Peyton Manning went out. You know, granted he wins the Super Bowl, but I mean that was that was a far cry from the Peyton Manning that everybody grew up and loved watching during his career. So when he called it quits, everybody was like, "Yeah, you know that makes sense." You know, and yeah. same thing with Drew Brees; the arm talent uh, was starting to fade very quickly, so it made a lot of sense. But for Tom to go out not ne- not on top by winning a championship, but you know, still one of the top quarterbacks, I mean, the conversation uh, was being had that maybe he could have been the MVP over Aaron Rodgers. I mean. Most veteran quarterbacks don't hang it up following an MVP caliber season. So to see him do it, there's always going to kind of be that what if uh, factor of, of of his career if he doesn't come back.
0: I mean, it seemed like things were pretty amicable. You, you have the report from a former NFL player, Rich Ornberger, saying Brady yeah. and Bruce Arians didn't see eye to eye in game planning. And that may have prompted TB to maybe opt for retirement What, you know, Bruce Arians recently talked to the Tampa Bay Times. What's he saying about, you know, that reporter or or Orenberger saying that,
2: Uh, you you know, he's saying it's BS. That's that's basically what it's all lies, all fabricated. Uh, And, you know, and Orenberger going through his own report, you know, he mentioned that uh, coach Arians would go get his Achilles treatment. You know, coach was, was recovering from an injured Achilles trying to avoid uh, surgery, which so far he's been able to do. And so in the morning he would go get his Achilles treatment. Then he would show up. Uh, You know, Byron and, and Tom would kind of show him, hey, coach, here's the game plan we put together for this week. He would take out his red pen and go through it and say, no, I don't like this or no, I don't like that. And and just kind of show up and and, and ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Arians in the interview with the Tampa Bay Times says, first of all, I've never used a red pen or a red marker <laughs> on game plan. So that's news to me. Which Oren has since said that that was obviously uh just just something that he said it wasn't it was supposed to be taken literal but I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you it really wasn't all that obvious in, in the quote unquote report uh, and then Coach Arians also said Coach Arians also said I don't I never got treatment for my Achilles in the morning so how am I showing up after my Achilles treatment in the morning to ruin everything if I'm not getting treated for my Achilles in the morning now you know Coach Arians does have a reduced work schedule compared to maybe a lot of head coaches in the NFL but. Sure. That's by design and that's been in place since before Tom Brady. That's something that was one of the one kind of one of the the things that had to go into place in order for Chris, his wife, Christine Arians, to even get on board with him coming back to head coaching with all of his health issues. You know about that, Bo. And and mm-hmm. when you look at it from that standpoint, the reason he put together the coaching staff he did with Byron and Todd and all those guys is they don't need him to be there at three, four o'clock in the morning for yeah. them to do his job, which is why he's so adamant about both of those guys getting head coaching jobs because they are literally running. According to you know everything that's coming from the inside, which I don't live there, but that's you know we have to take what we can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know they're literally running their halves of the game while he basically manages the quality assurance, quality control. Coach Arians said the most he ever did to a game plan was add certain things. They like say, hey, I would like to add this, I'd like to add that. Said he never had to take anything away because you got Tom, Bate, Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich putting it together in the first place. Why take anything from what they have to offer?
0: Yeah, Bruce Arians will turn seventy uh, in October when he was yeah. announced as the Cardinals head coach I was at that press conference and he announced he called himself 60 and sexy. Now he's looking yeah. at 70 and sexy. Do you see yeah. this is potentially his uh, last dance? And, and, you know, with that being said, is, that, is are the Bucks going to be pretty bullish this offseason as far as reshaping this roster? Yeah, I think this is his last. I think this is his last trip,
2: you know, through the NFL schedule. I think this is going to be it. Um, I think that's probably the promise he's making to Chris. You know, on the inner circles, the inner side of things, he's making one last push to get a Super Bowl title, and and it has nothing to do with, you know, trying to do it without Tom or trying to do it without this guy. Or he's just he's he's a coach who knows uh, he knows what he's missing, right? Because you're tired for a short period of time, he he found out what he was missing, and he knows he's going to miss it again. But he also knows that he needs to take care of himself and take care of his family. So I think it's one last push for Coach Arians. and I mean, t- from where I stand, Bo, that means. Uh, All bets are off. I mean, three first round picks, whatever, man, I'm going to (laughs) be sipping bourbon, smoking cigars next season. So I don't care about those future picks. Go ahead and take them. So I, I, there, nothing is off the table right now other than the other side of the conversation. So are the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers going to talk business is, is Russell Wilson and and the the Seattle Seahawks going to offer up something and are the Houston Texans going to be reasonable uh, Mm -hmm. when talking about trading a player that's probably going to miss close to half the season.
0: Yeah, Les Snead, GM of the Rams, famously said, Warden on a t-shirt, F them picks." Yeah. And uh, we'll it. see if they have that approach. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, w- it was such an interesting offseason, uh, you know, headed our way. That's why Lockdown Bucks is a must listen, how the Bucks yeah. are going to retool things. After Brady, David Harrison, James Yarko, make sure you're following David on Twitter, at DHarrison82. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, Bo. The Minnesota Vikings are rounding out Kevin O'Connell's coaching staff. ESPN reports the team has selected Rams passing game coordinator Wes Phillips to be the offensive coordinator for Minnesota in 2022. Phillips, the son of former NFL coach Wade Phillips, he had been on the Rams staff since 2019. The 43-year-old is set to become the Vikings 6 OC. In six seasons, not a whole lot of continuity there. I'm sure our guy Luke Braun hosts along or co-host along with Ross Jackson. We'll have more insight on the Vikings hire and the new head coach in Minnesota and Kevin O'Connell of the Super Bowl champion Rams. They've got uh, your trip around the league with the biggest stories around the NFL. Make sure to check out Tuesday's episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy your week. And I will be talking to you next Monday right here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now, make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They're bringing you the NFL draft to life every day with insight, analysis on college football prospects and the NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.